0: Hello and welcome to the Tapeworms podcast. I am Tony Tapeworm, and this is another episode here with Caesar Juarez. How are you doing, Caesar?
1: Hello, I'm very sleepy.
0: Took the uh, early
1: flight in from from yeah. Denver. Home. I uh, oh, there's a whole story with that, but I don't know. If we'll, gonna... we'll
0: get to that. Yeah. We have an <laughs> uh, an exciting episode here. We are going to talk about some Oscars stuff. We're going to talk about some music stuff. And we might even make our first Skype call to somewhere out there in the world. Who knows? Hopefully it works. It should work. We, we, we tested it. So uh, sit back, relax, enjoy this episode of the Tapeworms Podcast. All right, here we are. My voice, I apologize, is sort of uh, raspy. I, I'm... Getting sort of over this little sickness that I had in, maybe just got from Hawaii. I was working a lot. Caesars were sporting a nice little Colorado hat. Yeah, I just came back from
1: Denver, Colorado. And? Uh, So my girlfriend went for a physical therapy conference. And so since it was happening at the same time as Valentine's Day, I decided to tag along so that we wouldn't be uh, separate. And also we can just kind of do fun stuff in Denver. Which we did Denver's fun, yeah, and
0: so it's funny how how uh this podcast can just take you anywhere I mean we uh we're jet setting this week, and we're excited to be back home in Los Angeles, but we we came back home unscathed with some stories to tell,
1: yep, oh my God, I got some stories,
0: yeah, yeah, we man, it work hard, play hard is my mentality, um. I I met some cool people in Hawaii. I specifically went to Maui, which is like the second most populated island. And the thing about Maui is that it's a little bit more relaxed and chill than like Oahu where there's Waikiki and everything. But I stayed at a really nice hotel because this guy I work for, Peter Greenberg, uh, he's like a... He's not, I don't know if he's a He's kind of a celebrity, but I'm sort sure of assisted him throughout the week, like helped him carry his bags around. <laughs> Basically,
1: uh, uh, was it a caddy?
0: Yeah, I was a caddy. <laughs> I was a little bag caddy. A little golf cart? Yeah. Um, but no, it was cool. We had some nice, really good food in Maui, really cool people. I met some people, sh- shook some hands, and uh, uh. At first, uh, let's maybe contrast Caesar. I I flew American Airlines, and you flew. I flew Delta. And how how was your seat on the plane going there?
1: So on the way there, my seat. Um, I got pretty lucky. My my row was empty. Oh, Although that's the, the best. whole plane was full. Um, oh, nice. So like that was pretty cool. Um, the seats were tiny, so I couldn't imagine being close to people because. It was so uncomfortable, even with my empty row. Yeah, no, and there's all this worry about about the coronavirus
0: and, and and traveling and and all that. So it's good to sometimes just not have to worry about anyone coughing on you. I would say though, when I flew, there was some guy who's sort of has a voice like me right now, and very smoker, and he was coughing like a like hawking up coughs like left and right. And I think it was him. Like next to me and his son, and they were, uh, it sounded like they were going to Hawaii. Well, of course, they were going to Hawaii, but like they were really excited. And, and this guy was like, it's funny because we were talking about my, how my reactions were to movies, and I get really excited and antsy and vocal about them. This guy was like going off on his little tablet thing of like <laughs> watching movies, he'd be like cheering and, and screaming. Like, it's like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> And I think he was—I think he was from Philly. I didn't really have a conversation with him, but what I sort of uh, overheard was that he's—they're coming in from Philly. So that was an a interesting plane
1: right there. Um, but it's nice once I landed. Yeah, on the way back, um, I had to sit in a row with a couple of people, and uh, it, it wasn't that uncomfortable. The only thing that was uncomfortable was that I had a sausage McMuffin in my backpack, <laughs> so I felt really bad for everyone because you could just smell the sausage as uh-huh. I sat down. Um, but also, my seat, it just felt like it wasn't securely fastened to the plane. Oh, So, God. like, I would lean forward and back, and I would hear, like, a huge metal creak under me. Uh-huh. So, I was so worried every time there was turbulence that, like, if the plane was crashing, I'm just going to fly out. Like, mm. Well... Well, that's delta.
0: Fasten your seatbelt. Yeah, the, the thing is with re- leaning your seat back and forth, it's always... Like, what's the etiquette for that? I, Because some people... There's
1: been a whole thing about
0: that. Yeah, some it people is. hate it. Some people, like, there's a story, and there's been multiple stories, of course, of just people having straight-up fights over leaning their seat back. And it's weird, because you barely even get to move your seat yeah. back. Like, it's, like, literally just an inch or two. And it really doesn't have much
1: effect. I feel like the only time where it is kind of rude... Is like when they're starting to bring out the food, yeah. And then you just decide to lean back, you can knock someone's food down and stuff. I know, yeah, yeah. But
0: I don't know. I haven't really established the rule yet. I I pretty
1: much just keep it normal. But no, yeah. Everyone yeah. was really. Co- I watched uh JoJo Rabbit. Me too. On the way, no there. way. Me too. And on the way back, I saw Zombieland, like the second. The version. double tap. Yeah. What did you think of JoJo Rabbit? It was. I'm I'm kind of worried, cause I hadn't seen jojo rabbit when the whole oscars thing was happening uh-huh and i think had i seen it i would have been really torn between parasite and jojo rabbit because that was such a good movie really what'd you like about it i i like like the innocence of the kid like little little mm. jojo yeah he was just such a good little kid and like and then yeah. the movie was really funny and mm. then it'd get really depressing so it just it brought out a lot of emotions out of me but like I love what's what's the name of the little the little British boy the little chunky one? Oh, this uh, is like Martin or something. I don't remember. Yeah, I love his him little too. companion. His little companion. Yeah, like yeah. I just there was there was a lot of themes there, like I don't know, just in the innocence of youth. Like.
0: Yeah, and not really being sure of of who you're. Like he, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's it's a. Uh, it was a really good movie. I liked it. I liked I must it. I Cried like ten times.
0: I liked it, but. I don't know. I, maybe it was just because I was on a plane, but I had some reservations. It was I. I don't know what I didn't like about. It's hard to explain, but it's weird taking a a subject material so dark as Nazis yep. in that time period and uh,
1: turn it to satire. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I felt like it. I don't know. Maybe it felt just a little bit. Um, I don't know, like, it's taking this such dark, it, it, such, taking such dark subject material and sort of, I don't want to say minimizing it or, or making light of it, but I don't know how I would feel if I was, if I was, um, Jewish and, and I don't know. And uh, there's some parts where I just thought it wasn't funny, like the whole thing with Heil Hitler, it just felt like, come on, like, <laughs> I it. I it. it was just like oh that was great i i see <laughs> i this way really we differ i was like eh. like come on i it was a it was a funny sort of moment but i i i don't know but i i will say i i appreciate that he did get the writing oscar for it it was definitely a, an original film yeah i'd say i and think
1: that's that's something i wanted to get at too is that the reason i like parasite it's because it's such an original story. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it's there's no common, I mean, there might be common themes there in other films, but, like, the whole way the story was written and then the whole way it played out, I, it's just uh, a new thing to this me. This did
0: get, I think this one adapted, so this was adapted from a book or something. Oh, but, really? Yeah, but still. The but, way, even, yeah, even in that even case, then, like, it's yeah. just a
1: whole new story. Like, I've never seen, like, Something presented in this way.
0: Yeah. And the director of it played Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool.
1: I was at Planet Fitness and watching his interview.
0: Yeah. Daikawa Titi. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, I was planning on watching a movie in Denver because I was just looking for stuff to do while everyone was at the conference. But Mm. I just ended up going to the zoo. Mm. Where'd you stay? I stayed in, I want to say it's downtown Denver. I don't really know the area, but um, (coughs) we're close to the convention center. Uh, that's where everything. So that should is be like going. downtown. I'm assuming your like convention center isn't in downtown. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, how was the Airbnb?
1: It was pretty. It was pretty nice. Um, it was a super old school little house. Um, it was very warm. It was snowing like crazy when I was there. Oh, it was snowing. Yeah, it, was, it was snow. I fell down and I busted my knee. Oh. Because I slipped. Yikes. Um, but I still have the youthful cartilage in my knee, so I'm Thank recovering God. very quickly. hmm Um, but yeah, I I went to the zoo. Well, What's your favorite animal? Well, the, the thing about the zoo in Denver is that it's a pretty crappy zoo. It's oh. not like the San Diego Zoo where you have, like, the best animals in there. Like, <laughs> they have such a selection. They even have, like, extinct animals. But, like, in Denver, they had, like, a seal, a lion, and a giraffe. That was their main Everything attraction. else was either tucked away because it was snowing mm-hmm. or it just wasn't there because they're renovating or something. Yeah, that makes sense. I... I I could
0: see how, you know, a lot, I don't see a lot of people going to Denver
1: for the zoo specifically. You know, what I did notice, though, in Denver is that, although the city is, is like, majority white, I don't know if that is how it is statistically, but just from walking around everywhere, I was like, oh, it's, like, it's super white around here. The zoo, for some reason, Mm -hmm. was, like, super diverse. Like, there was a lot of interracial couples everywhere I went in the zoo. Like, uh... Penguins with monkeys? <laughs> no, like, it's just, like, an Asian dude with a black girl, like, or an Asian dude with a black dude. Yeah. Like, it was, it was, like, super diverse. Like, it was... That's good. That's like, good. Like, Denver, is, Denver uh, is very progressive. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what right you hear. Um, nice. Um, so, you obviously didn't go to the zoo. How how was the, uh, the breweries?
1: The breweries were pretty chill. That's what I heard from, like, people from work telling me of, like, since I told them I was going to Denver, I was asking them what I should do and stuff because my original plan was on Thursday to go get a massage because I've been trying to get a massage. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find anything close to me, so I was like, okay, I'll go to the zoo. But um, okay. they were all telling me if I'm going to Denver, I should either go skiing or just smoke a bunch of weed or check out the breweries. Yeah. And so I checked out the breweries.
0: Because um, you don't know how to... Because you, you're not a skier, right? I'm not a skier. And you're not a stoner.
1: I'm against stoning.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I just... I don't know.
0: And so, of course, the you had to check out the breweries.
1: Yeah, right? so I checked out the breweries... Um, they're they're pretty inexpensive relative to like L.A. Um, mm. I got, I think at one spot, a whole liter for like twelve dollars I think. Oh, nice! Like a boot, sort of like a yeah. Big it was call. like basically like a boot. It was like kind of hurt my wrist to pick it, <laughs> up. it, like, to pick it <laughs> up so much. Nice. And Anywhere how, else, it was like you get sixteen ounces for like five six dollars. That's pretty good. It's too
0: bad. Like, uh, it must be nice, like being in cold weather and also yeah. having a cold beer. I. I I really didn't get that in Hawaii. I mostly drank like white wine and little <laughs> cocktails. I know I was I felt so bougie, dude. I stayed at the Ritz Carlton in Kapalua. It was like I didn't pay a dime for anything really besides my I was eating dinners with like at one point since you know Oprah has a place in Maui. Oh, I was, was the Oprah? last last night there, she like has a little farm in Maui. The last night there I I was at a dinner, a little small dinner with this guy. Uh, his name's Shep Gordon. He uh, is the manager of. Chef Gordon? You know, everyone thinks it's Chef Gordon, like Chef Gordon Ramsey, but it's Shep S, like Shepard. Um, but he's actually the manager for um, Alice Cooper. And he is, honestly. tapeworm k- got the plugs now. I kind of my m- watch this blow up because i i know some people now he uh <laughs> on the wall there's that i posted on my instagram story it was a, like a little buddha with uh, that was his wall yeah n- yeah well on a on a wall he had a picture of him uh Clint Eastwood Alice Cooper and um the actor Adrian Brody and it was i asked him like yo so what's what's the story behind that photo and he's very laid back. He's like a Buddhist dude, and you know, kind of in his '70s, he was like, "I don't know, just just another night at the house." <laughs> and it was like, "Damn, okay." Like, <laughs> but it's like he has this little private house in, in, in Maui, and he has like a real ass bar there with like all these different alcohols. He and runs a bar? It's not a. He doesn't oh, run like a bar. His, he's, home bar. his thing is that he basically. He basically started Celebrity Chefs. Like, he was Ray... Uh, not Ray. Uh, Emeril Lagasse. He was, like, one of the first Celebrity Chefs. Emeril Lagasse said without without him, there would be no Celebrity Chefs. So he's he's uh, managed Bourdain. This, uh, the chef that I was there, that was there that cooked dinner for us, was also sort of a, kind of a Celebrity Chef. He was on MasterChef. And actually, we also... Uh, I don't know if he managed Gordon Ramsay, but he was a, sh- uh, a guest chef on Hell's Kitchen. And we were talking about this at dinner. And I was like, okay, well, is Gordon Ramsay actually an asshole in real life? Or is it like the pro- pro- producers, like for- directing, for- like, tr- trying to tell him, like, you know, be hard, really hard on the contestants. And he said, like, no, Gordon Ramsay, he- he's actually like that and he's really cutthroat and, uh. It's funny because you're a huge fan of him. And and there I was, like, one tier away from dining with... (laughs) like I was dining with Chef Gordon, not Chef Gordon, and his contemporaries. Um, They're really cool. And I felt really in awe uh, that I got to hang out with some celebrities. Uh,
1: Tapeworms become celebrity chefs. You know what happens.
0: Yeah, but um, I also did some cool things in the water. I went (laughs) whale watching uh, with this guy. He's a famous... French explorer named Jean Michel Cousteau. I have a picture of him. Um, I'll show you Caesar. I uh,
1: thought you were talking about the guy from Ratatouille. What's that guy's name? Jacques Cousteau. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, no, this is this is Jean Michel Cousteau. He's like 80 years old. Eighty-one, actually. Anyway. What a loser! He's wearing a hat with his name on it. <laughs> he's part of the dive team. I know. He, I know. What a li- but he's really cool. <laughs> I'm do that? I get a
1: hat with my name on it. <laughs> and my forehead.
0: And he has so much pep. Like he, any we were went <laughs> whale watching, and anytime, anytime uh, there was a whale or anything, he'd be like, "Oh, wow!" He's like so expressive <laughs> and so happy to see any part of a whale. And it's um, the meds. <laughs> yeah. Who knows. But it was really cool. Whale watching, if you've never done, it's it's really fun. Have Have you ever been out there?
1: Uh, I went seal watching,
0: like on a boat and everything,
1: not at the Denver Zoo. Oh, <laughs> there was a seal show. No, oh, that's cool. They were doing tricks they had this and stuff. little thing. Yeah, that's cool. And they reaffirmed that like we're not we don't beat them into compliance. Oh uh, yeah, we kind of just tell them to do it, and if they do it, we give them fish. Yeah, like like little doggies or something like that. Yeah, and they, and they were saying too like that a lot of the behaviors they're teaching them. Our behaviors that they develop in the wild, mm-hmm. but because they grew up in a zoo, they never get to learn them. So that, so what they're doing is training them to do like little behaviors they do in the wild. So if they ever do go back home, they have some sort of sense of how to act accordingly.
0: Nice. Um, whale watching is weird though, because we were on a boat and there was like a little film crew there because you know it's. Jean Michel Cousteau, and he's kind of a famous guy. And I think they were getting something for the the hotel's Instagram or social media, or making something. And anyway, like it's great you're on a boat, but the, if if you're ever in a boat, it's it can get sort of rocky and very uh, choppy, and kind of you're swaying back and forth. And if you have motion sickness, uh, it's not that, it's not very pleasant. So. We were whale watching. It was beautiful out out in the little Pacific Ocean, seeing these whales, and, and it was like a mama whale and a baby whale. Like it was the mama was teaching them how to swim, and it was so beautiful. But at the same time, with like without any warning, someone would just like yak off the side of the boat and would just like vomit. Was there a lot of like random people. No, there was there wasn't a, there was a like maybe about a dozen people, but like people were like towards the end when it was like really rocky and and we had been out there for like an hour, one lady just started yakking and then like the 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 people who were filming too also had to like put down their cameras and just up chuck off the side of the uh, the boat. And then of course you know, I had to too. I was, I was like, out in the, yeah, man, I yaked. it was, I, it was, was weird. Everyone I, drinking or is it just no, just the there, motion of the ocean. It was the motion. Of, I was, I was drinking water and ginger ale, but I think the key is to not have really anything before you go. Damn, I was I don't drinking. Know how that I, I had a, a good, good. Uh, I had a lot of coffee before, and I had a big breakfast, and we went around right around one p.m. So I didn't have like a full stomach, but. Uh, there's still a little bit, so I sort of just bleh, off the side. And but the thing is, once you once you're uh, you get it out of you, once you get the demons out of you, you're okay. It was weird. I didn't want to admit that I was seasick. I was getting seasick. I was. I said, yeah, yeah I'm just, just getting know tired. That you know? it
1: actually happened. Yeah. I I thought it was just like some people, you know, that are just really soft.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I guess I've never really, I've gone out on boats maybe once or twice, and mm-hmm. I didn't get sick. But I I don't think I've ever been in really choppy water. Yeah, we were really
0: out there and it was just, it was just, it was like rock the boat, rock the boat. It was, it was fun, but I'd say they don't really advertise that, you know. You will yak? That, that, yeah. You <laughs> yak? No, uh, he's, no, he didn't yak, his wife didn't yak, the, Peter Greenberg didn't yak, they've done it. Like, Peter owns a boat he has boat boys? Yeah, they're boat boys. So they're used to it. If they yacked, I would have been surprised. I would have been worried because, like, they are on boats all the time. So I I was, like, trying to play it off. Like, I'm just tired. I just had, like, a long day. I've been up since, like, 6 in Wait, the morning. Did,
1: did you fly in today or yesterday?
0: I flew in uh, on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's I, it's Sunday now. We're recording this for Monday. But I, I flew in a couple on Saturday morning and and right after that too I had to work with him on Saturday. I went to the LA Travel and Adventure show, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. It was like it's at the convention center and there's all these little booths with like every destination you could think of and they're like trying to sell you come to
1: like promoting tourism. Yeah, basically. Oh, how how much was the admission? That sounds kind of cool,
0: especially now that I'm a tourist. Well, I didn't have to pay. I I came in through the back because Peter Greenberg, he was a keynote speaker at the event. So I just... Yeah, <laughs> so... brought me. Well, I... I was in Denver. <coughs> you were in Denver yesterday, so... Oh.
1: Well, I have a Denver horror story. Uh-oh. Um, So I got the cheapest flight possible. So on Sunday, to get back to L.A., I had to be at the airport by 4 a.m. because boarding was at, like, 5-something, and then we were taking off at 6. And, um... So the night before, my plan was to just kind of get to the airport maybe around 10, 12 a.m., just because, like, I don't want to go to bed and then I have to wake up super early and then try to get to the airport. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what if there's no Lyft drivers nearby or what if, like, the train doesn't start that early? Right. You know, like it just I, I didn't trust the local transportation, too, because I'm don't I don't, I'm not from around there, so I don't know how reliable it is. Right. So I wanted to go late at night, but then uh, Emma told me, like, no, spend the night, and then in the <sighs> morning you can just dip. And I was like, all right. I'll do um, it for you, babe. Right. <laughs> I know, but I don't want to make her feel bad. I just this is just the way the story happened. Okay. Because uh, I know she felt a little bad. But so I wake up at 4 a.m. Um, and uh, the lift was like $150. Oh my! To get to the airport, because it's like they're like uh, there's not a lot of lift drivers right now, so you might experience high pricing. Oh and no! Like it was $150. But um, I was like, okay, no well, shuttle. Like, oh my! Okay. Yeah, keep, well, keep by, by the point that I saw it. Um, because th- the plan was to get to the airport within 30 minutes, and so I wanted to take a lift And so when I woke up and checked the lift it was $150. And at that point, if I wanted to take public transportation, it would have been, like, a little too late for me to get to the airport. Oh, no. Okay. Um, so I had to, like, just bite the bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kind of kept on messing with the app. And then so I, I downloaded the Uber app to compare the prices. And on the Uber app, it was $90. And then I went back to my Lyft app, and it went down to 59 and so I have a conspiracy now that Lyft knows when you download the Uber app because oh the price went down like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. But so I end up calling my Lyft. Um, so this little nice old lady comes to pick me up. She has another dude in there. It's like a shared uh, drive. In the pool. Yeah. Yeah. One of those pools. And it was still $59. Um, so I hop into the pool. She starts driving us. And at one point we kind of get to this street and it's there's a sign that says detour. And there's a police officer vehicle just kind of blocking the street. And so the little nice old lady, she's like, I wonder if I could sneak past that vehicle and if they let me pass them. And oh. I was like, I don't know. And then the dude with us, he was like, yeah, you can probably pull it off. And he'll just tell you to turn back if you, don't, if you can't. And so we're just driving through the street, getting past the car. And then uh, I see an officer start waving at us. And she's like, oh, he's waving at me. I think he's telling us we can go through. But he's clearly waving turn around. And so I'm like, I'm like all confused. I'm like, why is she still going? And then so she starts speeding up because she thinks that he's saying you can go. And so at this point, we're like really, really close to the officer. And she's basically about to run him over.
0: Oh, God. And then the
1: officer like kind of jumps out of the way. And he's like, you crazy stupid. He just starts kind of mouthing off at her and saying like, you almost killed me. Turn around. Like he was going off on her. He's like, can't you see that this is a crime scene? And then she like puts her head on the wheel. She's like, I'm so sorry. I almost hurt you and then he realizes it's like a tiny old lady and he's like all right well i'm sorry i'm just really angry cuz you almost killed me yeah <laughs> and, and she's was,
0: like i'm sorry i didn't see you it was still dark out right he's like
1: there's a car blocking the street how did you, why did you go out here and then she was just like i'm so sorry and then he just tells us to turn around but my fear in that moment was since i clearly saw that he knew we were going straight into him i i was worried that he was going to open fire on the vehicle to get us to like oh my turn god <laughs> But then Could you, would you imagine that's in, in crazy. In retrospect, I was like, that would have been the fattest paycheck of my life if I survived. Because I would have gotten lift and city of Denver money. <laughs> Very true. Hey. But um, that was my Denver horror story. Let's
0: take a quick break. That was an awesome story. Let's take a quick break and come right back with a Skype phone call with our homie. <laughs> And we're here with the one and only Mad Gatos, live from Colombia. How are you?
2: Hello from the third world. <laughs> I'm good. I'm really good. What
1: time is it
2: over there? Huh? What time is it? It's 6.32. Three hours difference.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Nice. That's not bad. Yeah,
0: so I'm you
2: on East Coast time.
0: Just uh, eating a nice little dim-dim?
2: Yeah. Just had... Uh, I just had meat and chicken. Yeah, what did you prepare for you today? <laughs> what?
1: What did your chef prepare for you today?
2: <laughs> My chef. <laughs> That's only a few days a week. It's <laughs> not every day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> not on the weekends. Not on the weekends. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I just I literally just feel myself uh, like a few hours ago because I've been. Like, yesterday I was most of the day hungover, and then today was, like, the the post-hangover. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just kind I of know. back to 100% right now. Right on.
1: Yeah. Because of Carnival?
2: Yeah. So, Carnival is this weekend. It starts, uh, I think it starts Friday or Saturday. I forget which one. But what happens is that it's, like, it's not just the days that actually place. It's all of the lead-up there's pre-carnival, so mm. on Friday, uh, this last Friday, it's uh, it was the most important like pre-carnival event, which is called La Guacherna, and it's basically this like huge nocturnal like carnival um, event, and there's like a parade that goes through like the city, and then everybody parties until um, like super late till the next day basically everybody parties the whole night. And the whole next day and a lot of people go to another carnival and another city and then come back and party more. But I tapped out at like four thirty AM. So I didn't even make it till the next day. So <laughs> so, sorry. I'm not I'm not what I used to be, so, so. <laughs> I just partyed
1: yesterday and I tapped out at eight PM. <laughs>
2: <laughs> damn, so, damn, you're not what you used to be either. <laughs> Yeah, it made me sleepy. Yeah. Yeah, no, dude, it's it's terrible. Like twenty three, and I definitely feel like I look. Like I used to be like a, a pretty decent drinker. I think both of you can attest to that. Like I, I used to be low key a tank for my size, but uh, <laughs> I, no, I've, I I'm I'm not what I used to be, bro. I'm not in I'm not in prime drinking condition anymore. It's pretty sad. Okay. So.
0: Speaking of drinking, though, you're uh, you're into Buddhism. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, what a transition! Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying I'm a Buddhist, but I've been reading um, I've been reading up on it. I, I think it's something that's o- that's always kind of interested me. Um, but so while I was in Boston, I can tell you guys about my trip to Boston too. I got yep. this book.
0: I bet. We're, uh, we were just talking about our travels uh, here on the show, yeah. so...
2: Oh, to- yeah, yeah. Well, I want That's, to hear about your guys' stories. The jet um, setting, catch
1: worms, not
2: feeling. Global worms. Global worms. <laughs> um, so I got this, like, book of Zen koans, which are, like, these, like, oh. ritualistic, yeah, back and forth between, like, pupils and masters. Yeah. Um from like Japanese and Buddhist. I've been reading on it and I've just kind of been really interested on, um, you know, and, and the whole concept of, of the self, right. And how you should try to shed the self. Um, and, uh, I really like this one image that I read about in the, in the, in the introduction to this book where it's like, uh, you've got the, you've got an ocean, Right. And in an ocean, you've got a lot of waves. And each wave is like its own thing. No wave is exactly the same, but those waves are also the ocean. Like they're separate, but they're also still the ocean. Wow. And like I, I always I thought that was a really interesting way to think about just like our relation to the world, our relationship with the world that, you know, the boundary between like you and the world is something that we kind of create and we're, we're taught to create but you know I i don't know also because of certain experiences I've had uh, that I guess in, in my life have kind of tested that boundary between like me and you know the self and the world I've, yeah. I think I kind of realized that I really agree with that concept so yeah um, yeah.
0: yeah. I love Buddhism for it's its, um, it's thoughts about being part of a whole really. yeah, yeah. One with the world
1: and
2: and your surroundings. What's yeah.
1: uh, uh, like when someone gets on started on their Buddhist journey? What's like the standard literature?
2: I don't know. I'm still figuring that out too. I I saw this at a museum.
1: The koan. Um,
2: read the you koan. You're reading them right now. Oh, should I read a koan? <laughs> it's kind of hard to read them because you gotta. No, um...
0: uh, no. I'm sa- I'm saying the what the but the title of your book
2: is is. Oh. So it's the sound of the one hand. Ah, the sound of Yeah, 281 Zen koans with answers. And uh, honestly, like, a lot of them don't make, like, a lot of sense to me. <laughs> but but yeah. to be completely honest, I mean, I think this book is supposed to have, like, some notes on them so that you're kind of... Yeah, yeah, each... That's the thing. I haven't finished this one section. At the end, there's, like, footnotes on each, on each thing that kind of ah. explains each one. Um, so... This actually book was really controversial when it was like published in Japan because like all the Zen, all the Zen masters were like super upset. They're like, you know what the fuck you are publishing our secrets that have been like passed down from student to master right. every uh, like every generation and we've been keeping these secret for hundreds of years now anybody can understand Zen. Um, but uh, the guy who published it was like this anonymous writer. And he published it, like to apparently try to destroy Zen Buddhism. <laughs> what? So yeah, it's a super interesting story. Uh, yeah. Honestly, Tony, it might be a good screenplay. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: uh, uh. I could see that being a movie, but um, yeah. So, anyways, make of that what you will. But so the the most famous one is um, is the title "Sound of the One Hand."
0: Right. It's it's the one the sound of one hand what is the sound of one hand clapping right something like
2: that yeah what is the sound of one hand clapping that's the one yeah and then you're just supposed to extend your hand out every time um every time they ask a question because basically like the sound of one hand i think from what i understand it i'm still reading up on this so i'm sorry if there's any like super knowledgeable zen Buddhists listening to this and you're like oh my god he has no idea what he's talking about but um, I, I think it's, like, the sound of one hand is, like, the answer is, like, what you're capable of doing with just one hand. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting. I think, like, Japanese art in general has really been interesting me lately. So, um, yeah. What's up?
1: I said you're a weeb.
2: I'm a weeb, yeah. I'm definitely a weeb.
1: <laughs> 6 a.m. I watched some anime. Mm. <laughs>
2: Yo, I actually have not. I actually am a wee, but I have not. I have not watched anime like an anime Cos- yeah. what do you do in a. Yeah, when you're doing your radio show. What? Like cosplay when you're on the radio? <laughs> yeah. So Friday I wore a uh, St. Patrick's hat because I guess that was the closest thing to like a carnival. Uh... Yeah.
1: So how's the radio show going? I heard there's some pretty big news
2: what
1: i heard there's really big news with the radio show
2: yeah the big news was that we're going to be on air again uh oh wait what's the station there i hadn't hadn't announced that i hadn't announced that on the pod yet right that was us talking before (laughs) it was all private conversation it was all private conversation sorry Off, off off air talk like blended in my mind with on air so um off the record stuff yeah no so yeah we are gonna finally because we were we've only been uh digital these past few months and um like so an hour of the two-hour program that we do is gonna be on air on a station that's got like a pretty good reach here in the and like the coast of columbia so pretty exciting pretty exciting i think um it's gonna open up a lot of doors for us um
0: so if you're in Barranquilla right now, what where can come next next Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah. Where, where can you find? Uh,
2: so it would be 10:10 10, 10 a.m. Uh, that's the station nice. here in, in Barranquilla. Or even if you're like in Cartagena or Santa Marta, which Cartagena is a pretty popular tourist
3: ah. destination,
2: um, I think you can listen to us from there if you tune in at 10:10 10, 10, 10 a.m. So yeah, if anybody What's for the- any reasons in Cartagena. What's you might like- hear my voice.
0: What's the likelihood of, of uh, Cesar and I when we come to Colombia being a, a guest on the show? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'd say pretty likely. Um, Cesar oh, okay. definitely, you know, the interview what? would be in Spanish, so... Yeah. Uh, I guess Sessa would be doing most of the talking.
1: I'm yeah, not yeah. Colombian.
2: Uh, what?
1: <laughs> Everyone's going to roast me because I don't speak Spanish like the rest of you.
2: Um, Everybody will roast you, not because you speak, like, mexican spanish but because you speak with like an american accent that's why everybody will roast these. <laughs> i get roasted for it too so so and, and my my spanish has gotten a lot better since i moved and i still get roasted for it occasionally so but it's fine hey
0: yeah i need to work on my spanish but I, I should be, be
2: trying. yeah well i mean the good thing is i could always translate for you so oh. um but yeah, we'll we'll see what we can do. I I definitely I'm like dead ass about us possibly doing a show out here. Um like I, I have a guy who literally every time he sees me, he's like, Yo, like when are your when are the tapeworms coming? Perfect. Because uh he's uh he's like good friends with the owner of a of a, like a American style bar out here that plays like a lot of local bands, local acts. Um and yeah, and it happens to be one of the bars I go to the most. So we could we could legitimately, legitimately play a show there, and they have like a full like stage and everything. It's pretty pretty legit. You didn't say less because yeah, uh,
1: I'm going in May. Yeah, it, you know, it was either just me and you, Gato, or the whole band. But I'm gonna be there in May.
2: Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna count at least on Cesar. Yeah. To come to <laughs> you, got to come to Protus. It's fun. Oh,
0: I'm so down. I'm i quite the travel now, nerd now these days. Where <laughs> have you
2: been to recently?
0: I just went to Hawaii this week. Oh, sick! How was that? I was there for work, and uh, it was really cool. Um, it was great. I uh, I went whale watching. I uh, went went biking down the uh, down this big old volcano called uh, Kalayakala. Oh, oh shit yeah and uh no it's actually called look it up i'm I'm not lying um yeah it's it was really cool and uh this uh this production company that i work for is all about travel shows and everything that's awesome so i get to uh, some traveling and and uh eat a bunch of good food and meet some cool people in the process so uh
2: how long were you there
0: i was there from uh four days uh okay I just got back yesterday on the red eye from, from Maui. And, um, it was really cool. It was, uh, it was very life changing. I will say,
2: uh, life changing. Wow.
0: We were, we were talking about it before, uh, before, but Cesar and I, we, we, we were talking about it before, but, um, I met this cool guy named Shep Gordon who, okay. You're, you're, I know you're a basketball fan, right? This yeah. I. Mean, so he and buddhism this all ties in together so wow i posted on my instagram story uh he has this little buddha that's all bedazzled in diamonds of uh the uh it's like this little buddha doing the buddhism sign okay. in his front front room in his house and i asked him like yo how, how did you get that buddha it's so cool it's like oh he's laughing a little bit pat riley gave that to me the freaking oh cup of miami heat
2: oh my god well he's not the coach, he's the um, he's the what's it called? He was, was the coach of the, of he the, the Bulls. F- he
0: was Pat Riley is a former coach, right?
2: Yeah, he's a former coach, but he's like the GM of of uh, the Heat.
0: Yeah, okay, the G okay, even more than The G the freaking GM of the Heat. Yeah, he was
2: he was the he was the Lakers coach during the the showtime era. Yeah, it was like Magic Johnson.
0: Yeah, so, so it was crazy. Uh yeah. Like yeah, Power Riley gave that to me, and I was like, oh my god. But so he basically—that's awesome.
1: Jeff Gordon is really cool. Before we we lose you, Gatos. I need to know. Did you love Jojo Rabbit?
2: Okay, I haven't actually seen Jojo Rabbit. It's really frustrating. I need to watch it. I need to watch it. No, but I feel like from everything everybody's told me about it, it's it's probably a movie I'm gonna like. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, Protus hated it. I didn't hate you, it. You hated I, it. Interesting.
1: Caesar, you're putting words in the mouth. because he said there was Nazis in it, so it's canceled.
2: I didn't. <laughs> you're all about the cancel culture, Protus. That's, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said
0: the way it handled the subject material seemed yeah. sort of, I don't know, off-putting or okay. maybe... A little making light of of everything. I
2: I have I have heard I have heard of some criticisms criticisms of it. So I was waiting to watch it to have like you know yeah. a strong opinion on it.
0: Yeah. I mean, but it did win Best Adapted Street. and it was a very original idea. So I give yeah.
2: That.
0: What did you think of the Oscars as a whole?
2: Um, I thought it was. I don't know. I thought it was pretty decent. I honestly, I wanted Parasite to win. I didn't expect it to. I was, like, fully prepared for 1917 to win, um, even though, uh, yeah, so that I wouldn't be disappointed when Parasite didn't win. And then Parasite did win. So, you know, for me, like, in that sense, it was a good night. I think um, uh, it's interesting that I think the last... Five best pictures, if I remember right, have not been the favorites, which Mm -hmm. is, like, super unusual. So, um, this year, uh, what one last year? I think it was either... I think it was Green Book, or was that... Oh, yeah, it was Green Book, then it was Shape of Water. Oh, yeah,
0: either Shape of Water or Green Book was the last year. No, Green
2: Book was last year, then before that (laughs) was Shape of Water, then... Moon- um or- moonlight before that and yeah. then there's one more before moonlight and ba- so there's this streak of basically the favorites all of those they were not the betting favorites to win best picture <laughs> they were like up there they weren't like super were like,
0: yeah
2: yeah the only one that was like super super surprising was moonlight but um it was weird even no- more so because c- of the gaff, right but like you've got four or five years in a row where, like, the favorite hasn't won. And usually the favorite wins, like, almost always. So... Especially for
0: 1917, where it was a very Oscar-y type movie about...
2: Exactly,
0: yeah. I mean, it won Best Cinematography, but still, like, it had that that Oscar-likeness, which... I don't know, maybe it's the Academy's changing and there's more, you know, female or people of color representation that, that like stories, sure. like um
2: I mean, this, this is the thing. Like, this is something I talked about on, on the radio program over here to try to explain to people that, you know, this is all political. And even when something, when it's, even when a movie like Parasite wins, there's still, like, you know, either a financial or political reason behind it. And at the end of the day, like, the Oscars, what it does is it's it's, a, it's really, like, a reflection of who has economic power, right? Who has, like, an influence uh, because they have sales to back it up, right? And, like, th- the thing is, is that Korean media, right, is now an extremely successful market. And it's not just, you know, in the United States, but even, like, here in Colombia, people listen to K-pop and watch Korean dramas. So... Um I think it's more like parasite winning is uh, you know, more of a reflection um, of how much Korean media has grown on like a global scale. And the fact that, for example, like Netflix, which is you know rising power in the industry, is working with Korean creators, right? That's like a veto of confidence. So um, yeah, there's all these things going on in the background.
3: Right,
0: right. No, totally. And, uh, I mean, it was crazy that moment where it was named Best Picture. Cesar had already knew, we were watching the Oscars together, oh, and, yeah.
1: and Cesar knew that he, he was, that we yeah, were Emma, on a little delay. <laughs> Emma texted me like a minute before we found out where we were watching it. Yeah. And so I helped Protus to bet money with me that Parasite would win, so that I would wait until I already knew they were going to win. <laughs> to
2: bet. Oh my God, that's I, terrible! I,
0: I, the the amount of joy I felt as as all these Koreans took the stage.
2: Yeah, to- it was it was awesome, and honestly, like it, it was the movie I thought deserved it. Um, you know, I think I saw Little Women like a few days before the Oscars, and I think the fact that Greta Gerwig wasn't nominated as best director, um, yes, exactly. you know, made me pretty angry.
0: I thought it was. Um, Adapted. I really was hoping it won Best
2: Adapted, and that's yeah, why, yeah. You it, know what? Like, I, my... I I agree with you because Best Adapt. Let, let me tell you something. Like, <laughs> I, no, I'm like very passionate about this <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> because I... Little Women is a fantastic literary literary adaptation. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it might be one of the best literary adaptations I've seen in a long time. Because, like, for for those who haven't read Little Women, like Little Women. Is two fucking volumes. Yeah. And, and like the movie, I didn't, I like hated the first five minutes and then it completely won me over. Um, the movie does like an insanely good job, in my opinion, of balancing the two volumes and then, you know, coming to a, a pretty, um, uh, a pretty, you know, satisfying ending. And on top of that, like I hate the people, like I literally saw this one person on Twitter who was like, um oh no it was the it was the it was the fucking anonymous voter that was on uh who always speaks you know there's always an anonymous voter who speaks like the hollywood reporter right Mm -hmm. uh the anonymous voter this year who spoke to the 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 hollywood reporter was like um i was like oh this has been like done little women has been adapted like seven times right but then joker they praised joker for being like super original like how many fucking times has Joker been on the screen? Like both it's big small. and small. Like Joker is not like a, like a brand new concept. And anyways, that's
0: pretty absurd. It made me mad. Yeah.
2: It made me know. made me pretty angry. But it's whatever. Yeah, man,
1: it was I like hearing
2: your passion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got pretty I get pretty riled up about that. I, it, but it, then it, you know, I also think the whole thing of like you know make pointing out the women uh not they're not being a women director you know and all the like the jokes and the presentation but then still participating and the participation was kind of like whack too so yeah uh, like i know i think somebody called out like natalie portman for wearing the she had like the all the names of the directors she thought should have been oh uh, uh, yeah like nominated on her um on her like dress right yeah yeah i think somebody called her out for that being like kind of be like lazy because it's like okay but you're still there you know so and you're not only you're still there but you're also like a presenter so like i'm not saying that it's bad like participating in the oscars but like don't try to like i don't know uh don't try to like self-congratulate yourself for for Mm. pointing that out if you're still gonna be like a fucking presenter And and the ceremony But yeah, anyways Got it all out, thanks
0: guys And uh Have fun in carnival, it was really nice talking with you
2: Thanks, thanks See you Gatos, I'm
1: about to take a call
2: (laughs) Okay, okay I miss you guys, I miss you guys Peace Bye.
0: Hey, that was pretty cool talking to Gatos, huh?
1: Yep
2: Yeah,
0: and uh Let's end it with a song
3: I start a thousand lines, step inside that club, cameras flashing in my eyes.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tape Rooms podcast. See you next time. And as always, keep Keep it it wormy.